now with the latest from the world of technology. This is the Tech Guide podcast with Stephen Fennick. Let's jump straight in. Tech Guide. This was a real effort to push into that growing consumer space, very competitive space in Australia. It does give the user plenty of options, whether you're working or viewing content on the device. Keeping you updated and educated. This is the Tech Guide podcast. Knowing Apple, you just don't know what to expect. They've gone from taking an excellent device and they've made it even better. It's had a redesign inside and out. Now, from the studios of techguide.com.au, Stephen Fennick. Hello and welcome, Tech Guide, episode 158, the podcast to help keep you updated and educated about the latest consumer technology. Thanks for listening, thanks for downloading, and if you're a first-timer, welcome aboard. My name is Stephen Fennick. I'm the editor of techguide.com.au. On this week's show, the world's smallest breathalyzer. Should you be worried about your car being hacked? An STM adds power to their laptop and gadget bags. In the Tech Guide reviews, we take a look at the LG 4K Ultra HD OLED television, the Logi keyboard case for the iPad Air 2, and the Bellroy iPhone case that's a wallet as well. And we'll finish it off with the Tech Guide help desk. And it's all brought to you by Netgear, Australia's number one brand of home Wi-Fi products. And Norton, the company to help keep you and your family safe online. A packed show, so let's jump straight in. Now, there's plenty of people who love a drink or two, and they then have to decide, have I had uh, too much to drink? Should I not drive, or am I okay? Should I take a chance? It's uh, it's something that is very hard to judge, and often people are caught out. They misjudge how much alcohol they've had, and they're pulled over by the police, they're given a breath test, and whoop, they're over the limit, and they're in trouble. Well, wouldn't it be great if you could carry around a product that could help give you, that can give you a very accurate blood alcohol content reading uh, and uh, wherever, wherever you are? And the good news is that a product does exist. It's called the Drinkmate, and it's actually the world's smallest breathalyzer. It's smaller than a chapstick, so looks like a tiny lipstick. It's got a lightning connection, so it'll fit straight into your, the port on your iPhone. Uh, and of course, there's a companion app to Drinkmate. And all you need to do to get an accurate blood alcohol content reading is blow into the end of the device. And up on the screen will pop your blood alcohol level. Now, this product is currently available for Android devices. It is uh, has a Kickstarter fund now to to raise money for the iPhone version. Uh, it's already exceeded uh, the limit. I think it was asking for about thirty five thousand. It exceeded that in less than three days and is up to about fifty thousand and climbing. So uh, one look at this device and and people will realise not only is it helpful, it's also quite affordable. I think it's about twenty nine thirty bucks. US. Uh, it's small enough, as I said, smaller smaller than a chapstick, so easy to fit in your pocket. It's developed by a company called Edge Tech Labs. I was actually contacted by their CEO, uh, a guy by the name of Sean Malavi. Masavi, his name is, and uh, Sean Masavage, and he is the CEO of Edge Tech Labs. 
And he uh, contacted me and said, look, Australians are a big market for this product, uh, the second after the US. And he, he jokingly said, well, is it because of the word mate in drink mates or do Aussies just love to drink? Uh, I think it's probably more the latter. But I, I got to looking at, uh, at his Kickstarter project and decided to write a story for Tech Guide. And I have to say, it's been very well received, one of, one of my most popular stories I can remember. Now, this is a product that obviously appeals to a lot of people because it offers them that convenience where something, they just plug it in their phone, see how much they've had to drink. If, they're, if it's under 0.05, they can get behind the wheel. If it's over 0.05, then they're going to get the bus or a cab. Uh, and so uh, th- this is a device that it requires no battery because it draws its power from the phone. So it plugs into the iPhone. Uh, no mouthpiece. So, you know, where there's some police uh, breathalyzers where you actually have to blow into a tube. And then that tube, obviously, they yeah, throw it away for hygienic reasons. Well, there's no such problem here. There's no mouthpiece. You just blow straight in the end of the sensor. And it's accurate to plus or minus 0.01%. So uh, that is pretty accurate, and it is the the maximum of the of the uh, the drink mate has been set at point two o. So if your blood alcohol reading is point two o, you probably can't stand up anyway. You won't know what's going on. So point two is the is the limit of uh, it, it won't. It's been set at point two. Won't read any higher than that. If you're that high, forget it. You're drunk enough. Now, in terms of the actual size of the device, it's 4.8 centimetres long, 1.6 centimetres wide. It's going to be available in October. You can jump on the Kickstarter page, which I've linked on Tech Guide, and pledge, I think, 25 bucks US gets you a drink, mate. You can, uh, that, that's going to be a little bit cheaper than when it comes out officially in October. I think it's going to be 29.95 US. So if you do get in early, you are getting a little bit of a discount. Uh, it would be worth buying one for yourself, one for a friend, one for your spouse, your wife, your husband. And it's small enough to carry around in your pocket. It, it is tiny. And a really handy way, especially if you're going out for drinks on a Friday night or a Saturday night or wherever you're going, going to a party, uh, a great way to check how you're traveling alcohol-wise before you decide to jump in that car. Not only could it possibly save the points on your license and possible fines and possible jail time if, you, uh, if you've if you done it as, as enough times, but it could also save a life, including your own. Well worth checking out Drinkmate. Uh, there is a link to the Drinkmate site as well as to the Kickstarter campaign. And you can read all about it and look how, take a look at all the pictures of Drinkmate, the world's smallest breathalyzer, at techguide.com.au. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fenning. Tech Guide. Keeping you updated and educated. Now, there was much hysteria last week when it was revealed a Jeep Cherokee was hacked by uh, by two people while it was driving on a freeway. It was happened on the outskirts of St. Louis, and it was shocking. A lot of people were surprised, uh, and it, it did ha- go around the world, this story. And the thing with it, though, it was a stunt. Wired Magazine, a journalist by the name of Andy Greenberg, set up this situation where two white hat hackers, they're the good kind, they're the hackers that come in and test a company systems, or in this case, a car systems, and then tell you the weaknesses of that particular system. Now, this was set up, I think, uh, not, not, very, not very cleverly on a public highway. 
And what these hackers did at first was just simply turn uh, the air conditioner to blasting cold. Uh, it changed the radio station and blared that at full volume. Also turned on the windscreen wipers, applied the brakes. So this is all done remotely. And in the end, they left the driver stranded in a ditch. Now, not very smart doing it on a public freeway. Anything could have happened here. I think there was, there's video of this uh, and the uh, other drivers are honking and, and hurling all sorts of abuse. But getting back to the point of this story is that a car is hackable. In this case, the Jeep Cherokee had a, uh, a little bit of a loophole in its Uconnect entertainment system. Now, this is an entertainment system that links via a 3G connection from your car to the Internet. And these hackers saw that as a way into the car and thereby took over control of those things that I just mentioned. Uh, so Jeep in the U.S. immediately issued a patch that customers could download and run into the car when once they had it installed on a USB flash drive. Australian uh, Jeep officials, or Jeeps officially owned by Fiat Chrysler, they said that no one driving a Jeep in Australia need worry about this because that particular entertainment system and that particular included loophole is not offered here in Australia. So Aussie Jeep Cherokee drivers, breathe easy, you're okay. But what happens? What, what happened with this story is that it drew attention to the fact that A, a car is hackable, and B, can it happen to me? Now, the first part of that question is, is an important one because a lot of companies are now embracing technology in their cars and connectivity in their cars. Now, there have been some reaction from some other manufacturers, in particular Audi and Mercedes-Benz. They really dismissed this. They said, well, no, none of their vehicles are at risk. Uh, Audi, in fact, admitted that they have had hackers to try get into their car system. That's a white hat hacker, what they do. Uh, Mercedes-Benz absolutely guaranteed that this would never happen to any of their vehicles. So they kind of laughed it off as well. But not everyone's driving around in a German car, and there are a lot of car manufacturers who are offering this kind of uh, this connectivity in cars that potentially could be exploited. Now, should you be worried? I don't think so. Reason being is that while it is is possible to do this, it is highly improbable that someone can do it. And I say that for for a number of reasons. The first one is that uh, you your car is it's pretty random to to for a hacker to guess your car's IP address. Your IP address is the it's like your address on the internet. And in the case of a, a car which is constantly moving and between between cell towers, that IP address changes every time it's started. So being able to guess the IP address of a vehicle and that's core information to know to get into a car. In the case of this stunt with Wired, they had that information, so it made it a hell of a lot easier. It made it really easy for them to get into that system. Uh, the other the other thing to remember is that guessing, trying to guess that IP address is like someone getting your ATM card and trying to and guessing the PIN. It's it's nearly impossible. So it is very very improbable that this could ever happen to you. So the the other thing to remember too is that this all happened remotely as well. So for for a person if if someone wanted to hijack your car 
uh, and without knowing your IP address, that have to actually have physical contact with your car. They may have to plug something into the car so that it's trackable, things like that. So some scenarios there that are highly, highly unlikely. They can't guess your IP address. They probably will not have any physical contact with your car. So there really isn't that much to worry about. What it has pointed out, though, is that a car, like any other connected device, also needs security and it needs protection. So while it was a grand stunt, a story that went around the world, I did a couple of TV interviews and did a lot of radio interviews about this very subject because it, it did panic a lot of people. It, it was a, a kind of a first for for many people, but it did highlight the fact that, yes, cars do have computers in them. Computers are connected. Every time there's a computer and a connection, there's a potential for an intruder. So cars, yes, need security, especially especially if they're going down the road of technology uh, with things like self-driving cars uh, and, and all these other accessories and, and add-ons that help make driving your car easier and, in fact, take the act of driving out of your hands. So you wouldn't want that computer being hacked into. It's one thing to have your computer hacked while you're sitting behind a desk, but imagine if that computer that's just been hacked is in your car and you're doing 100 kilometers an hour. It is scary, highly unlikely, but a great start that highlights the need for protection in your cars as well. If you want to read more about that story, my blog, you can take a look at that at techguide.com.au. Now, STM is a very popular Australian company, successful Australian company, and shout out to our friends uh, Adina and Ethan at STM. I've known uh, these guys since the very beginning where they were selling bags out of their garage. This was the, these, uh, these guys were university students together and had this idea to create a company, and boy, have they come a long way. STM now sold around the world, sold in Apple stores, they're at major events. They've really, really come a long way. Their bags are great. They're designed really well, very thoughtfully designed to carry around our computers, our iPads, our smartphones, and various other gadgets and cables and books, and you name it, you can fit everything into an STM bag. Well, they've managed to fit something else into the latest range of STM bags, uh, and that is a battery pack. There's a new energy range of their popular Drifter backpack, the Bowery and Trust shoulder bags. In each one of these new devices, the energy version of these bags is a 3,500 milliamp hour rechargeable Joey energy supply. Now, this is a special type of battery that's designed for this type of purpose. It's It's got what they call a smart power feature. So it can automatically detect what sort of device is connected to it, and it will then charge it at the correct speed for that device. So if it's an iPad, uh, it'll do it. It'll know that it needs a little bit more power for that particular device if it's a smartphone, and so on and so forth. Now, the battery actually fits in a discrete little pouch in the bottom of the bag, and then there's a cable management system that then lets you loop an LED dashboard into a hook near the top of the bag so it's easily accessible. From that little dashboard, you can connect a USB cable to then connect to your device to charge, whether it's your smartphone, your tablet, your e-reader, GPS device, camera, you name it, anything that's USB powered, it can be charged using Joey Energy Supply in the Energy STM bags. There's also a micro USB port, which is how you actually charge the battery. Don't forget, the battery, once it's discharged, needs to be recharged. So when you're home, plug it in, it'll recharge the battery. So when you're out and about, you've got this energy reservoir to use on the move. 
Uh, the energy options are available, as I said, in the Drifter backpack. That's two hundred and ninety nine ninety five. The Bowery shoulder bags. There's a thirteen inch and a fifteen inch version, both two twenty nine ninety five. And the Trust, which is can fit up to a fifteen inch laptop, as does the Drifter. The Trust is two seventy nine ninety five. They've all got those batteries on board. The special Joey batteries available in a variety of colours. They've got red. They've got uh, they've got grey. And they've also got camo as well. I think they call the grey one, I think slate, I think is what they call it. I might be wrong. But there are red, grey, camo. I think there's blue as well. So plenty of choices there. But one thing that's going to do, it's not only going to protect your devices on the go, it's also going to charge them as well. You can read that full story at techguide.com.au. Tech Guide. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Finnick. The Tech Guide podcast is proudly sponsored by Norton, the company that can keep you and your family safe online. Do you know what your kids are up to on the internet? A recent survey by internet security company Norton shows that almost three quarters of Australian parents are in the dark when it comes to knowing what their children get up to online. Are you one of them? Helping your kids grow up in the digital age of social media, online stranger danger, sexting and cyberbullying adds a new dimension to parenting. And Norton wants to help give you the tools you need to open up the conversation with your kids about online safety. Norton Family is a free online service that lets you keep tabs on where your your kids go, what they do and what they see online to help them develop good online habits. To learn more and to start using Norton Family for free, visit norton.com forward slash au forward slash protecting kids. Tech Guide. Now, a Tech Guide review with Stephen Fennett. Our first review is of LG's new 4K ultra high definition OLED TV. Now, if you're in the market for a television, picture quality is obviously of great interest. And I have to say the OLED 4K UHD TV is probably the best picture I've ever seen on a television. There, there it is. I've set it. OLED TV. LG have managed to master the extremely difficult task of producing large OLED screens. Uh, this is something that that they uh, that other companies aren't doing because they haven't had the success. They haven't had the they put in the time and the development into the technology as LG has. But LG have rightly gone after this technology, have invested heavily in this technology, and they've produced some incredible results. This TV is remarkable. Now, why is this picture so good? We've had LED, plasma, LCD. What's so special about OLED, and why does it produce such great picture quality? Well, let me tell you. OLED is a material that is self-illuminating. It's short for organic light-emitting diode. Now, this is self-lighting material. So unlike the other TV technologies we've had in the past, it does not, I repeat, does not need a backlight. So with LED and LCD TVs, the backlight is always on. But blocking that backlight, when you turn that pixel off, blocking that, that backlight is not always possible. There is what they call light leakage. Now, the result of that light leakage is not, is not having the blackest black possible. 
There are various TVs out there. The Their blackest black sometimes appears a little smoky, a little grey. It's not pure black. That's the reason. In the case of OLED, because it is, remember what I said, self-lighting pixel, the pixel's either on or off. If it's off, there's no backlight to block because it's turned itself off. That is why black is perfect black on an OLED. Now, when you've done black right, that is the cornerstone of doing colors right. So from that perfect black come incredibly vivid color. And the contrast is infinite because you can have literally next to each other the blackest black right next to it could be a bright color. So the contrast between the two is remarkable. So in the case of an LED TV, even even high, like top-of-the-line LED TVs with edge lighting and local dimming that do that in real time, so they dim parts of the screen so that, that that part's blacker than the other parts of the backlight, it is still no match for what OLED can do. And as I said, from that perfect black, the vivid colors are produced. Now, the other advantage of having no backlight is that you can have a super, super thin screen. I'm talking four and a half millimeters thick. So no backlight means some incredible design opportunities there, and, and LG have, have done that with this new TV. It is remarkably thin. It's got a white uh, rear panel, so it matches your furniture at home really well. It's not, uh, it's not uh, the wrong color or not black. It's uh, a nice, pleasing white color, a light color. Uh, and the stand, uh, it looks pretty cool as well because there's a transparent connection between the base and the screen. So it kind of looks like that the, the OLED panel is floating on air. It looks really nice. A, an impossibly thin bezel as well, so virtually indistinguishable so that nothing is going to interfere with this incredible screen. Now, the TV, there's WebOS 2.0 on board, which is LG's excellent operating system that helps get your TV online, uh, helps get you all your channels tuned. So right out of the box, really easy step-by-step setup. There's a the magic remote as well, so it gives you the pointer on the screen as well as all the directional keys. Let you uh, connect to your favorite apps, Netflix, or all, all the usual suspects there. But I've got to get back to the picture quality because we tried all kinds of sources in our uh, in our review, and I don't mean the tomato sources. I'm talking the video sources. Uh, we tried free to air television. We tried YouTube. We tried Netflix, Blu-ray, native 4K content, and the the other big hitter in this television, the secret sauce I've called it in my in my review, is the six-step upscaling. Upscaling is what the TV does when there's a source in there that's not quite UHD, and it can upscale it to make it look like UHD 4K. Whether it's YouTube, whether it's free-to-air, whether it's any kind of source, uh, it can then pump it up to make it look like 4K. And because it's six-step, it, it actually looks quite natural. You see some upscalers that look quite artificial, look almost cartoonish, uh, trying to artificially artificially pump up that screen, the image quality. Not so with the LG. It looks fantastic. Uh, free-to-air TV, especially HD channels. I know not every channel is 1080i, but the 1080i channels looked fantastic. We were, I was watching the uh, Tour de France on SBS HD. Looked brilliant. One HD also 1080i that looked terrific the the actors on the screen they, they, they've never looked clearer uh, and and having having that added that perfect black and that less light leakage you see that a lot more color now 
with, with the light leakage on an LCD LED TV, it actually blocks out about 20% of light that uh, at the lower end of the brightness there. So you're not getting as much of that vivid color. Not so with the 4K OLED. It is full on. There's none of that uh, color is blocked. So you're getting all the color, not just most of the color. Uh, so that really made free-to-air TV look good. Uh, YouTube has got 4K. Looked uh, good, not great. Uh, that had probably had more to do with my connection rather than the actual TV. Uh, Blu-ray looked fantastic on it. Blu-ray, when uh, that, that upscales really nicely, Blu-ray. A lot of information on the disc that can be upscaled, and that looks spot on. Blacks were fantastic. We were watching. I was watching. I've watched Star Wars. I know Star Wars like the back of my hand. I watched the original Star Wars film on Blu-ray, and there were textures and and scratches and and different detail that I hadn't noticed before because it was blocked out by by that light leakage of the other other TV. So I was noticing sand on the Jawas robes and more scratches on C-3PO and R2-D2 and even on Darth Vader's costume, the actor's costumes. It was just as vivid as I can remember. It, it looked remarkable. Uh, and on the, the Netflix side, they do have 4K streaming. That looked terrific. Again, it's got a lot to do with your connection, but if you've got a solid broadband connection, you'll be watching 4K streaming on this TV as well. Uh, the, the Having native 4K content as well, that really showcased just how good this TV is. The native 4K content I looked at was off a, coming off a, a USB disc, uh, USB drive, and it was uh, they showed Vivid from Sydney Harbour, which uh, that that really showcased how the colours were so bright, the blacks were so black. There was also uh, scenes from La Bohème, the uh, opera, and showed how these uh, so much detail even within the darker parts of the scene. Uh, and that looked terrific as well. There was also a Korean concert where there was uh, many colours. Uh, there a lot, a lot of people wearing black, and even though they were wearing black, it still they still managed to reproduce really natural skin tones right next to that black. That's something that's really difficult to do. Take a look at LED and LCD TVs. Something next to black, it doesn't quite look as natural, especially skin tone. But in the case of the LG 4K OLED, it absolutely nailed it. Uh, in terms of sound i'm fussy on my sound as well and this delivered as well on that on that front they have harman kardon speakers two down firing 10 watt speakers that sounded great on their own of course you can integrate this uh, screen into a surround sound system add a sound bar to improve it but on its own it sounded above average it sounded pretty good now price wise i think again not bad value for money. Five triple nine for the fifty-five inch, nine thousand nine hundred ninety-nine for the sixty-five inch. When you consider two year less than two years ago, a fifty-five inch OLED only full HD, mind you, not four K. We were talking twelve thousand dollars. So for sixty-five inch four K OLED to be less than that. That is a pretty good price. And that's, of course, recommended retail. You're probably going to get a cheaper price when this goes wide. I think it's only available through Harvey Norman at the moment. But once it goes wide, I'm talking to all the retailers, there's going to be a bit of a price war. So you can probably get a pretty decent price on that as well. Uh, look, put simply, as I said in my review, I think this is the TV to buy. It is the best TV money can buy. You want to re uh, read my complete review, you can find it at techguide.com.au. Keeping you updated and educated. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Finney. Tech Guide. 
Our next product is from a company called Logi. Now, this is the old Logitech. Logitech has had a little bit of a transformation of late. They have had a logo redesign. They've had a a bit of a a direction shift, if you like. Also, a change in their design approach. And this is the Logi. The block keyboard case is one of those products in this first wave of this newly transformed and reinvented company. Logi is uh, the name, short for Logitech. And the keyboard case is for the iPad Air 2. Now, I know that the iPad Air is a very handy device. Uh, on its own, let alone with a keyboard case, and that opens up all these other possibilities. It turns it into not only a, easy to use as a tablet, but if you want to get uh, get some work done, you want to sort of be a bit more productive, that keyboard really comes in handy. Now, the case has got square corners. It's designed in such a way uh, with special internal rib uh, rib protection. Those square corners act as like, as like shock absorbers, and it means that that design means that you can drop this the iPad from a height of about 1.8 meters. That's about six feet onto a hard surface, and it will be protected. So uh, good, good to have that kind of peace of mind that if you do drop the iPad to the deck, it's going to be protected. There's also a little kickstand on the back of this case, and you can then position it at any angle you like when you're viewing content. But then, of course, you've got the keyboard. Now, the keyboard is actually detachable. There's a magnetic attachment on the side. So when you do want to connect it to the uh, screen, you can simply attach it. It is a Bluetooth keyboard, so it will work actually when it's not attached to the case. So you might want to position position the the uh, the iPad in front of you and the, the keyboard might be in your lap so it does have to be physically attached to the case for it to be connected but it is if for convenience sake if you did want to attach it if you're say at a desk and you want to use it uh, like a laptop that's a handy way to do it uh, the battery inside the keyboard is a watch battery so it's going to last about four years uh, with average use so no need to be tra- to be uh, to be charging this every second day it's going to last for up to four years without a charge um, and the the it has got the kickstand as I mentioned and once you once you finish the keyboard can actually either be detached again or you simply fold it up and it then forms a screen cover uh, and it will lock lock the iPad and then wake it up again once you uh, once you open it up again so the choices are yours now on the on the downside I think it's a little thick when you've got the you've got a kickstand you've got the case and you've got the keyboard it is a slightly thicker product so it's actually thicker than a laptop uh, not as big as a laptop but thicker than a laptop so uh, that's something to keep in mind uh, you've got to also of course access to all the ports the headphone jack the speakers uh, you can the camera you can still take photos out the back as well so it still gives you access to the device but it's protected inside this case and you've got a keyboard thrown in as well to be part of this whole package so if you're after uh, an accessory that helps you stay productive and also gives you an easy way to view your content with that kickstand the logi block keyboard case might be the product for you it's priced at 149.95 and you can read my full review at techguide.com.au now bellroy now that's a company that's pretty well known for making pretty slim wallets 
There's been a few ads uh, featuring a uh, picture, a caricature of George Costanza. There's an episode of Seinfeld where George was, uh, Jerry Seinfeld was making a point that George's wallet was so fat that it was actually throwing his back out. Now, Bill Roy took that little caricature, that little episode, and used George as the model for the reason why you need to have a slimmer wallet, and that's uh, where they've uh, made uh, their business. They've applied that, uh, that uh, philosophy and that business to iPhone cases. The uh, very latest iPhone 6 cases from Bellroy include, there are two models, one that can take one credit card. So it looks like a normal case from the front, but in the back there is a slot to take one card. And there is another model that can take three cards. The three-card model allows you to slide the cards from the top or the bottom of the little pocket on the back. So they're held securely in the back, and once you then apply a little force, then the cards can pop out how when it, when you are ready. Uh, inside the case is lined. You can also, there's room to store some notes, so you might want to fold a couple of notes together and have your phone sitting on top of that for even more security. There's even room for a SIM card storage. So if you've got a little nano SIM, you want to keep, you might be on travel, you might have taken your own SIM card out and you've got a travel SIM, you can put your uh, spare SIM in the little pocket on the inside top left corner of the case because those pesky little nano SIM cards are so small, they're very easy to lose. So good to see that Bilroy have made a space for it if you want to store it inside the Bilroy iPhone case. The one card and three card, it allows you, if you've got like an Opal card, if you maybe have a, you've got a credit card, you've got to do a tap and go, you can actually leave the card in the case and it will still work. It'll work through uh, the leather on the device. It's, uh, it is leather with a hard core case as well. But even with all that together with the cards in it, the cash, the SIM card, it's still remarkably thin, thinner than just a normal case with no wallet component to it uh, there as well. So. Bellroy have done a great job in squeezing all that into one product. The, uh, the single card product is $64.95. The three card case is $74.95. And there's pictures and my Opal card at techguide.com.au. Tech now, answering all your tech questions, the Tech Guide Help Desk. Uh, I had an interesting question from uh, our listener, Arno. Uh, and his his problem was that he had bought a Mitsubishi Triton and was having trouble connecting his Samsung phone to the car. So I got down and did a little bit of homework on this, and it appears Arno is not alone. There is an issue with Samsung phones and Mitsubishi cars. So there have been plenty of people posting these on forums and waiting for Mitsubishi to update their Bluetooth, updating the Bluetooth on their phones. And many people are still left. Arno, according to his email, he cannot connect his phone to the car. So I think it's up to Mitsubishi to come up with a solution here because when the very latest smartphones can't connect to your vehicle, it's nothing wrong with the smartphone. There's something wrong with the vehicle. It needs to be updated. Updating uh, car software can be very difficult. It's not like you get an over-the-air transmission and then you like your computer or your smartphone, you get an app update. You need to actually do it physically. You need to get the uh, the software on a USB and do it manually like that. So I think anyone in this position, I think we need to make it Mitsubishi's problem, not your problem. They need to act to get this resolved. In the in the meantime, I suggested to Arno that he may buy a cheap, uh, an affordable Bluetooth, third-party Bluetooth solution that maybe works through his stereo system. It is possible to connect something either physically 
or wirelessly. So you connect this device via Bluetooth to the car, and then you connect your phone to the device rather than straight to the car. So the third-party solution may be the best bet for Arno in this case. But in the meantime, Mitsubishi, according to Arno, are working to see if they can update their Bluetooth. He's tried everything at his end. I think the ball is in Mitsubishi's court. Uh, And as I said, from the, uh, the number of people who have listed this problem on the forums, he's not alone. And that is our show for this week. You can read everything that we've talked about on the show at techguide.com.au. And if you want to get in touch with us, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at info at techguide.com.au. I might even be reading your email on the Tech Guide help desk. A special thanks to our sponsors, Netgear, the brand you can trust for all your Wi-Fi needs, and Norton, the company that can keep you and your family safe online. Thanks for listening. Been great having you with us once again. We look forward to you joining us again next week. So as we always say, stay safe and stay connected.